The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. And then they came to Carnapum. And on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. The people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. In their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, Quiet, come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsed him, and with a loud cry came out of him. And all were amazed and asked one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. We don't hear very much today about a certain reality that is much part of our existence. I'm speaking of the reality of evil, and not just evil in a general sense, but evil in the sense of a personification of evil, the demonic. hear about the demonic today, it's usually simply to ignore it or to joke about it. And generally speaking, that is what the demonic would like us to do. The demonic, the demonic meaning the devil or Satan. God says, I am who am. The demonic says, I am who am not. If we don't believe in him, it's much easier for him to work. And yet that creature can be shown to exist, or at least reason alone can suggest the possibility of such a creature, even the probability of such a creature. And scripture testifies to it. There is a creature created good, but turned against God, and whose whole being is oriented in opposition to God and to his creatures, and who would like to destroy them, particularly the greatest of them all, humans. There is a real battle going on in the world in which we live between good and evil. Some years ago, there was a psychiatrist. It's amazing how many psychiatrists have begun to realize an evil that goes deeper than just human evil, things that are beyond the control of our humanity. A psychiatrist by the name of Rollo May in the 60s and 70s of Harvard University and what was then known as the Rockefeller Institute. 
He wrote a book on psychiatry. It was quite famous back then. And there were three chapters on the demonic. Strange thing, you would think, for a medical doctor, except that he had a different insight into human nature than most physicians perhaps do. And in that, those three chapters, he first of all defined the word diabolic. Quite rightly, from two Greek words, diaboline, which means to tear apart, to smash unity, a breaking of gestalt, as opposed to symboline, which is a putting together. But that's what you find when you have the demonic, a breaking of unity, a destruction of harmony. He also said that he saw in his work three effects of the demonic. There are more, but he mentions three in particular. The first, violence. The second, nudity, or what he means by the misuse of sex. And the third, schizophrenia, multiple personalities. Remember the man in the land of the Gadarenes when our Lord went there? He was violent. He couldn't even be kept in chains. He'd wander through the tombs, naked, gashing himself with rocks. And when our Lord asked him for his name, he said, My name is Legion, for we are many. 6,000 was a Roman legion. Schizophrenia. That reality is something that we, I think, often don't pay any attention to. The very word devil conjures up in our minds some ridiculous-looking creature in red tights, horns, and a pitchfork. Uh, But the demonic is not that. The demonic is a pure spirit. The demonic can influence can suggest, but in the end the demonic cannot control any of us unless we allow that creature to have that control. We are free. Again, we can be influenced. The demonic can plant thoughts in our imagination or attempt to, attempt to lead us in different directions, convince us that truth is error or error is truth. But only if we are willing to accept it. We are always free. The demonic can never compel us to do anything. They're like, well, they're angels. Angels can't do it either. They can suggest good things, holy things, but they can't compel us. Neither can the demonic, even though the demonic, as I said, can influence us. If we're aware of the demonic, it makes it all the more easy for us to brush it aside. Remember the three sources of temptation. The world, what's out there. The flesh, what's in here. And the devil, the demonic. That reality. Our Lord has conquered that if we wish to accept his victory. Today's gospel is about that. They bring him in the synagogue, a man with an unclean spirit. We don't know what this means. It might have been just an ordinary illness because they aren't talking about secondary principles such as medicine. They're talking about first principles. And the unclean spirit recognizes him and says, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. The demonic recognizes our Lord for who he is. Our Lord quiets him because it is not time yet for his identity to be completely known. He says, quiet, come out of him. Notice, on his own authority, 
Because if he is God, he can do it on his own authority. Quiet come out of him. When an exorcist does it, an exorcist always does it in the name of Jesus Christ and his church. Our Lord does it on his own authority. And the unclean spirit convulsed him with a loud cry came out of him. Notice the devil's going to have one last tantrum before he leaves. In fact, the fathers of the church suggest to us that this tantrum is really a symbol of the persecution of the church from the beginning until the end of time, from the Roman Empire to the end of the ages. This is what that tantrum is. But all the persecutions of the church are the devil's one last tantrum before being cast out. Because our Lord is always breaking the chains of evil, remember, in the gospel. Here he breaks another chain. He'll break them all on the cross so that the demonic will no longer have any real power, as I said, over us at all, except insofar as we want to give it to him. But he will conquer evil completely on the cross. And the man then is cured. And the people are amazed because our Lord has done this on his own authority. We then, in our own fight against evil, you know how often we do that? In the rite of baptism, there's an exorcism, which we cast out Satan from the child or the adult, whoever it is. And people coming into the church, for instance, at evil, at Easter, there we cast out evil. We cast, there are two or three exorcisms, I believe, in the course of that. And there are minor exorcisms that we perform all the time. Even in the anointing of the sick, we pray the person will be delivered from sin and all temptation and from harm. And, of course, here today at Mass, at the very end of the Our Father, we ask to be delivered from, from temptation and from evil. And then the prayer right afterwards, the priest says, Deliver us, Lord, from every evil. So the reality of that evil is something which we are always pushing away from us. And, of course, the greatest of all powers against evil is the Eucharist, the Lord himself. Um, because the Lord has destroyed the powers of evil in his own suffering and death, and that is what has been made present on the altar, and his resurrection, which has destroyed even death itself. So I, sometime it would be interesting, if we ever have the time, which we don't at Mass, to go through a fully-blown explanation of the demonic as it exists in the powers that that creature exercises. All we need to know is that we need not be afraid as long as we are accepting the grace of God and are willing to respond to it. You remember, I've mentioned this before, St. John Vianney and, and Padre Pio, too, were directly attacked by the demonic, physically even. And Padre Pio, the devil would overturn furniture and make all kinds of racket um, in his room. In fact, one day, St. John Vianney was talking to a, a man outside, and there was all this racket coming from his bedroom. And the man said, what's that? And St. John Vianney so wonderfully said, Oh, it's just the devil, um, which was the way to deal with him. Uh, there is no creature who dislikes scorn or being ignored more than the demonic because the demonic is pride straight through. That is the original sin, pride, and that's what it remains. So you and I then have been given this great freedom, and we must hold on to that freedom through grace, and particularly through the sacraments, and most particularly through the Eucharist. We need have nothing to fear. But I remember once Bishop Sheen was giving a priest's retreat, 
And at the end of it, he said, one of, one of his talks on the demonic, he said, we may wander down 10,000 times 10,000 roads in life. But at the end of all of those roads, all of us, whether we like it or not, or believe it or not, are going to come face to face with one of two faces. Either the merciful face of Christ or the miserific face of Satan. And one of those two faces, either the merciful face of Christ or the miserific face of Satan, is going to say, mine, mine. Let it be Christ. These catechumens and candidates, who are our brothers and sisters, have already traveled a long road. We rejoice with them in the gentle guidance of God who has brought them to this day. Let us pray that they may press onwards until they come to share fully in our way of life. That God our Father may reveal his Christ to them more and more with every passing day. Let us pray to the Lord. That they may undertake with generous hearts and souls whatever God may ask of them. Let us pray to the Lord. That they may have our sincere and unfailing support every step of the way. Let us pray to the Lord. That they may find in our community compelling signs of unity and generous love. Let us pray to the Lord. That their hearts and ours may become more responsive to the needs of others. Let us pray to the Lord. That in due time the catechumens may be found worthy to receive the baptism of new birth and renewal in the Holy Spirit, and the candidates may be found worthy to receive the sacraments of confirmation and Eucharist, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Almighty God, source of all creation, you have made us in your image. Receive with love those who come before you. Lead our catechumens to the baptism of new birth and our candidates to a deeper share in the Paschal Mystery, so that living a fruitful life in the company of your faithful, they may receive the eternal reward that you promise. We ask this in the name of Jesus, the Lord. Although you cannot yet participate fully in the Lord's Eucharist, stay with us as a sign of our hope that all God's children will eat and drink with the Lord and work with his Spirit to recreate the face of the earth.